Remember, we're going through Genesis uh, throughout the summer, and we're in chapter 4 and chapter 5 today. Chapter 5, uh, I'm going to let you read for yourself. We're just going to begin to highlight so we can get through during the summer. Chapter 5 begins to talk about the, uh, the different people that were a part, that started this whole thing in the earth and on the earth, and it tells you how old they were, how the families were put together. And in just a few minutes, they're all going to be wiped out with the flood. So, you know, it's kind of like reading a chapter going, what just happened? But anyway, uh, but we're focusing on chapter four. Um, and when I worked for Market Basket years and years ago, uh, I, whenever I was hired to do a job, I always made sure I did my best. I, don't, I really honestly don't know where I got that from. Maybe being on your own, you just have to work hard and, and uh, just, you know, make the best uh, uh, with what you have. But there's always something. Even when I cut my yard at the house, I, I, I cut it well. I made sure everything was trimmed. But there was a man named Mr. Lunsford that actually showed me how to do that, to take pride in your work. So when I went into Market Basket, that's probably where I learned some of it, uh, I was... Uh, bagging groceries at first, you know. Anybody, anybody start out their lives at Market Basket like me? Yeah, I, I bagged my groceries, and then you're always hoping, what, Aaron, to get moved up to what? Either stocker. Yeah, you want to be stocker because I always saw the stockers uh, sitting on these little things, stocking, and I thought, man, I wish I could just sit down and do my job. And uh, so you wanted, you hoped that you were good enough to get stocker, and I got it pretty soon, and they offered me a stocker job, and, and I was stocking uh, the... the, the to me, the worst style you can stock, uh, besides the freezers, uh, is that you got to stock the, all the little glassware, like the, uh, the, the you got to stock in front all the bottles, you know, and uh, it was just a tough job, but I always front. Now, some people, they say, the, some would say, you're fine with a two front. I never asked that. Now, two front is when you're walking, uh, remember that? They go, two front today, guys, and I, I just couldn't do it. If I'm going to grab two bottles from the back and bring it up, I'm going to bring them all up. It's going to, so that's what I would do. And, man, my first stocking, I got, I got my aisle done pretty quick. Didn't drop anything. And uh, after it was done, I heard uh, uh, some guys uh, or the manager came in and said, hey, you're done? Well, let me check it. And they walked down the aisle. Okay, good job. Good job. And they said, you can go home. You're done. Sometimes you were staying a little bit later and... Well, after about three days, uh, uh, the stocker said, or the manager said, hey, Pat, what, you know, you really get that done quick. I want you to go help so-and-so on the paper all, which he meant well, but it was really bad for me, okay? Because the paper all, honestly, is the easiest all, okay? It really is. You know, if you drop something, you just throw it back up there. And uh, while I was helping this guy front, uh, and if you don't know what fronting is, just bring all the stuff to the front and... Uh, uh, he said, listen, you, you better slow down. You're getting us all in trouble. And I thought, man, I'm just stalking. We, you know, well, you just pace, pace yourself. And, uh, well, as, uh, the, as he was saying that, the manager walked by. And I think he heard it because two days later they fired him. And I, I had two aisles. And I remember after that, every time I would see him, he'd say hello to me with his finger and, um, and he thought that I had, I had caused that problem. He was, he was made him mad. And part of me thought, man, I was just doing my best. Somebody said, stock the all, and that's what you do. Even here, you know, everything, 
I try to do my best. It's just something that's indwelled in me. And sometimes I mess up. But that's what this story's about today. It's about jealousy. It's about Cain and Abel. It's about pride. It's about somebody that brought his best. So you go, what am I going to walk away with today as we read this scripture? Because we're going to read the whole chapter. You're going to walk away with, are you doing your best that you can for the Lord? Even your best at having faith. Even your best at going, watch this, I can't do it anymore. I need you. Some of us aren't even good at that with the Lord. And to me, that's, I, I really believe when we, remember, it's in our weakness, what? Yeah. So even in our weakness, that we would do our best and say, oh, God, I, I just, I can't do this anymore. Did you know that's doing your best for the Lord? Because he already knows it, and you're fighting for it. So let's go to uh, chapter 4. We'll take a look at this story. I'll stop and tell you a few words that were really interesting, and we'll move quickly. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And that's true for all of us because, remember, even though men and women get together and they can conceive, it's the Lord that knits every one of us together in the womb. And a beautiful story of that. It says, and again, she bore his, bore his brother, Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. And then, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. So what I want you to know, somehow during this time, what we're reading is that there became a process that you offer uh, something to the Lord. I don't know how it was taught. It, it really doesn't matter. We know that they learned it. They, we know that they understood it. Or maybe it was that they said, hey, this is, this is great. We want to offer this to you. But I believe somehow the Lord let them know. And so he brings this offering. Now, don't shut down because we all know the story, but really listen to it and, and, and pay attention to every word. And Abel also brought uh, uh, of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. For some of you, uh, that... That, that word in the, in the Hebrew means he gazed at him. He goes, wow, he had regard. We would say, uh, wow, he, he took, he, he took a, a little attention to that, but he, would, he gazed at it. I love that beautiful picture of God just gazing upon us when we give the right things, when we give from the right heart. heart. Watch this. When we sit in this room and we sing from the heart and we worship, his gaze is upon us, and that's what it is. So he gazed over at him. And it says this. It says, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. He said, man, I, I, I can't. This is, why am I going to look at you, you know? I can't even gaze in your area. I have no regard for what you've done. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. Now, for some of you in your scripture, it may say that his countenance fell. But that, real, uh, that, that Hebrew word really uh, is chawar, to burn, to be kindled with anger. So what happens is we see that uh, and the word kindle is, is used uh, uh, more times. It says uh, that he, his face fell and his countenance fell. He wasn't sad. He was, he was kindled with anger. He was mad. And that's where that jealousy began to set itself in. Nobody in this room, have you ever been jealous of somebody? Yeah, I have. I've got, you know, when I see people on vacation and I'm not on vacation, you know. Some of you go through Facebook and you go, oh, man. And you should be happy for them, but you're going, I'm not on vacation. And, and, and yeah, some of us get there, you know. Or people, for me, it, when I see people play on golf courses that I haven't played on, 
No, I really don't. But uh, I kindle with anger. No, I don't. But that's what he did. He kindled. It was just God. He didn't give him that attention. He didn't look toward him. And he goes, man, what's, what's the problem here? And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? So, because when we're, we're mad, you know, we just, and we're sad, our face falls, our countenance falls. And if you're like me, when I'm sad or I'm mad, uh, it's probably very easy to see. Some people can hide it. I can look at people and say, I don't know whether you're mad, sad, angry, you want to throw something at me, you know, because you can never, you, you can read me. Even if I'm just feeling hurt, you, you can read me, all right? And so all of a sudden, man, he was very readable. He says, why is your face falling? And that really face falling, he says, why, is your, why are your cheeks down? Why are you, why, why have you just had this all of a sudden come to you that you can't even look up? You're sad, you're mad, you're angry, you're kindling something. He says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Right? And every time that guy would say hello to me with that one finger, uh, which happened several times, I'm telling you, it did. It was sad. I would think, I don't know what you're mad about. This is your fault. If you would have done well, I never told him that because he could beat me up, but uh, if he just would have done well, honestly, that's why at the end of anything, if all you can say is, I really did my best, I, I did well, I put my all in it, then that's all you need. Doesn't matter what others uh, say about you. It says, and if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. I love this next line. And its desire is for you. But you must rule over it. For some of you in your scripture, it says you must master it. Isn't that true about our sin? And it's crouching. Uh, I almost put together a bunch of videos. Have you seen those cat videos where little kids are running, all of a sudden a cat just comes out and we're pounced, man. I laugh at them, you know, uh, and you think, oh, that's terrible, you know, and no, it's funny uh, for me, uh, but it says, if you do well, now I want you to see this, that word sin offering is, is that's what it means, those two words are usually together when you use this Hebrew word where it says that it's, 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 it's crouching for you, it's a sin offering, it's like it's waiting around the corner and it's saying, I'm going to offer you something. It's an offering to mess up. It's an offering. Have you ever noticed something in front of you that you did that you knew you shouldn't have done, but before you did it, before you said it, you knew exactly it was looking at you going, you want to say this. You want to do this. You need to do this. Let me offer this to you. You'll feel better after you say it. You'll feel better after you do it. You've been there, or is that just me? Yeah, yeah. I thought I would feel better when I stowed gum as a child uh, in the grocery store, but I didn't. I, it didn't make me feel better. And it wasn't because I was caught, you know? Uh, but it's this offering. It's, it's wanting to offer itself to you. And then it says this, this Hebrew word is that it stretches itself out to you. This crouching is, uh, it, when it says it's crouching, really it means to stretch oneself out, to lie down and to lie stretched out. It's almost like they're jumping in front of you so that as you're walking, what? It's only crouching, but you can trip over it. There are those who, who in the room, and all of us are included, that you have actually tripped into sin, right? And there are those who pretty much just went and found it and did it. This is where he's saying, listen, 
I'm going to crouch at your door. And the crouching happens, and it lays down. And while you're having the spiritual walk, you'll trip over that. It's waiting for you. It's to pounce on you. It's, it's your desire, and it wants to get you. And so you go, well, what am I going to walk away with today? What is that with you and me? When you walk out of here today, what's, what's the one thing that you trip over all the time or that pounces on you? And you go, I know it's there around the corner. You ever had somebody scare you? And you kind of knew they were there? But you scream anyway? And you scream, I knew that was you. You ever had that happen to you? I knew. Well, if you knew, why didn't you scare them? Because you just kind of feel it coming. But it's kind of a euphoria when you get scared. And when we're mixed up in sin, it becomes something that we almost enjoy. But we know it's wrong. It says it stretched one's out. And what it did to him is it stretched itself out. It says this. And Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. Now, I love that. So he went and found Abel. And he spoke to him. So before he killed him, we always do away with this very quickly. He spoke to him. Hey, hey, how you doing, Abel? I wonder what he, what he said. Did he tell them, well, apparently, you're better than I am. Apparently, I don't live up to God's standard. Apparently, I'm not good enough. Any of us ever do that to God? We look at other people's lives and say, well, apparently, yeah, we do. I don't know what he said to him, but he had conversation with him. And when they were in the field, and I wonder if they were just casually walking, and Cain is just this guy who just did his best. He offered his best. He said, here it is, Lord, thank you. He offered it with a heart, and the Lord looked at him and said, that's wonderful. And he didn't have anything to add to Cain's life other than, hey, man, you're really walking a a very thin line. It says Cain rose up against his brother Abel, and he killed him. And I can imagine how brutal that must have been. I don't know. You know, they didn't have guns back there, so what, a gunshot. It was probably using some type of farm tool. It was not an easy death, guys. Listen, it was a terrible death that he would hit him and kill him. And then, you know, I wonder how Cain felt. And so you see him walk down this bad path. And it started with a wrong heart, a wrong motive, not a thankful heart for what the Lord had given him. And when we leave that thankfulness that God has been so good to us in the midst of everything that's going on, even something bad, man, it can start you down a very, very, very bad path. It says this, and then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? I just love that question. Hey, yeah, where's your brother? Where's your brother? Why do you ask him that? He already knew where he was. He asked him to say, let's see. If, if yet my redemption will be added to you, if you'll just tell me the truth. Where, where's your brother? He said, uh, I, I don't know. He backsassed God. That's what he did. You ever have your kids back, backsass you? Yeah. Yeah, they do it in their own little ways. They mumble when they walk away. And you go, what'd you say? Ready? We backsassed God. He said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? That's pretty much what that means in the Hebrew. Am I supposed to keep my brother, take care of him? And God's going, pretty much, yeah. We're supposed to take care of one another. Am I my brother's keeper? And 
a lot of people think that, and I've said this before, that we can't be honest with God when we're upset. I, I was taught that as a young boy. You don't talk to God that way. You don't, you don't, uh, you don't, you can't be totally honest with God because if you were, you would, and I'm going, no, my gosh, this was told me by a pastor. I remember thinking, but he knows my heart and he knows my mind anyway. He knows what's going to be on my tongue before I even say it. He hymns me, remember Psalm 139, go back there and read it over again. He knew that. He backsassed him. He really did. He talked back to him. He said, who am I, my brother's keeper? And uh, if, if God would not have wanted us to talk to him honestly, he would have ended it right there. And he would have said, no, 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 no. He would have sent a bolt of lightning down and fried, uh, fried cane like a french fry. He would have said, that's it. We're done. And everybody would have went, don't, don't, ever, don't ever ask that question to God. Don't backsass him. Don't question him because he will kill you. But instead he said, no, I'm going to, uh, okay, Cain, I'll let you make that decision. I'll allow that. Cain lacked love of God and his brother. It's the bottom line here. Cain lacked love for God and his brother. Look at this. Here's what happened. His envy led to anger, which produced pride which manifested itself in Cain's life as violence. That was his story. Now, but look, what is yours? For some of you, the words are different. You may have envy that led to depression, which produced a pride in you, right, that made you mad, and it was everybody else's faults, which manifested itself in a life of what? You can replace that with anything. Listen, his envy led to sadness, which produced this pride that said, I'm not good enough. You say, that's, a, that's a present. I, I can't do this, which ended up in depression. There's so many things you can take and switch the words around. But for him, this is what it was. It was envious. It, it, it grabbed up anger, and it stirred his pride, and it came out in violence. What does yours come out in? You know? Uh, sometimes it's anger for me, and it puts itself in just a negative spirit. You with me? Man, you ever had that? Or am I the only one? <laughs> yeah. It's just amazing how each of us have this different story. His was envy, anger, pride, and violence. What's yours? Okay? Do you close off everybody from your life? Do you find yourself... In depression, do you walk into and whatever it is up here, it manifests itself. It manifests itself in anxiety. So we have to ask ourselves: What is it in us that would cause us uh, uh, to have that problem? And, and, and here it is: It's love for God and whatever you're dealing with, the people that you're dealing with. Man, I'm telling you. I, uh, I always tell people, and y'all heard it before, I mean, my family, I, I, I don't know my family well uh, because we were, we were just dysfunctional. It was terrible. <laughs> but I still love my brothers and sisters. Yeah. I still love them. Even though they're not acting anywhere near where the Lord wanted for them. You with me? But I still got to love them. What is it that you've lost your love for. Cain 
even in the midst of this problem, fell out of love with God and he fell out of love for his brother. And therefore, that's why his life ended. Everything, everything that we have. Look at this. Look at the scripture in John. I'm going to go here. For, this is 1 John 3.11. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Look at this. We should not be like Cain. This is in the New Testament. And they brought him up. It says, we should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. There was no love. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. And even the New Testament. Remember, when I tell you that when you first come to know the Lord, I always tell you that if you read what? First John, if you want to know how to what? Live for Jesus. It's right there. And they even brought him up and said, man, he lost his love. Look, and the Lord said, and look in Genesis now. We're back at Genesis. And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you're cursed from this ground, which has opened up its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Look, and when you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. He said, man, you're going to be miserable. You're not even going to be settled isn't that something? The minute that he stepped into the sin that was crouching, that wanted him to mess up, the minute we say the things that we want to say, the minute that we have an unforgiving spirit, the minute that we, we, we want to, we're impatient, the minute that we're not kind, here's what happens. It's, it's crouching at us, and here's what's happened. We become, now spiritually for us, we become a fugitive and a wanderer. Right? We become this fugitive. And those Hebrew words pretty much mean that. You become a fugitive and you become this wonder. You just wander around. That, that word wonder, remember, it means to walk around aimless with no plan of action. You don't know where you're going. How many believers have I known in my short 35 years of ministry? How many believers have I known? that are now fugitives and wonders spiritually and they just can't land. Why? Why? Because they didn't realize that the sin they committed, all they needed to do is love the Father so much to say, I'm sorry, I need to move on, and God will say, good, because I want you. Will you have, watch this, I want you to be okay. I want you to know who you are in me. Will you have problems because of what you did? Yes, but redemption is here for you. And you're going to have to be strong when you walk through your church or when you walk in your community and you've messed up and everybody knows it, but instead stop taking what they have said about you and what they think about you and place what God says about you and the redemption he offers to you and move forward and we will take you out of that fugitive lifestyle and we'll take you out of that wandering lifestyle. If you're just simply walking. You know how many people I know that are just still fugitives and they're wondering? It's a sad, sad thing when all they have to say is, God, I have messed up. And to walk to people and say, I have messed up. I want to do my best for you. I want to honor you. Man, I, man, you know, in nine years of pastoring this church, I've had to say I'm sorry a bunch of times which I'm thankful for the grace that you offer me. I really have. I've said dumb things. I've counseled. I've 
hurt people by accident. You know, I didn't mean to, but I went, oh, that probably wasn't the wisest thing. I am so sorry. And most people are shocked. Go, oh. I remember one time I said I was sorry for something, and somebody said, looked at me and said, I've never heard a minister tell me they're wrong. And I go, I'm wrong. I said, I don't know what more I could give you, but I was wrong. Please forgive me. And so what happened is they chose not to forgive. I've moved on, and they're still wondering. And all you have to do is accept the forgiveness as much as you give forgiveness. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. So here's the thing. This is what all this is about. Became a fugitive and a wonder. And the fact that God didn't strike Cain dead immediately, immediately was further demonstration of God's mercy and grace. And remember that he first had shown to Adam and Eve. It's just now we're seeing this consistent uh, 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 process that God goes I'm going to be redemptive to you, right? And now I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to have redemption toward you. And he redeemed him. That is God's nature. Remember, all of the scripture, in my opinion, can be summed up in one word, redemption. It's all it's about. Look at this. It says, uh, and Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. He said, man, I, I can't handle this. Look. He says, behold, you have driven me today away from the ground. That's what I do. And, and from your face, it, I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. He said, they're going to kill me. Look at this. And God says, then the Lord said to him, not so. Then he made an announcement. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain lest any who found him should attack him. I wonder what that mark was. I'm going to tell you what the mark was. The mark was the mark of redemption. He saved Cain's life. You see what's happening here? He saved Cain's life. Whatever mark he gave him was a mark that told everybody, this I deal with, this is my child. You, you don't want to mess with him. And he put, that, he put that mark on him. And that mark was just a beautiful picture of redemption. He saved Cain's life, wouldn't you say? Yeah, watch this. You know what mark we have? We have the Holy Spirit with us that is a guarantor of our salvation. Our mark is God. Our mark is that Christ died on the cross for us. Our mark is that we are forgiven. Our mark is that we are redeemed. Our mark is that he gave us life. Our mark is that he gave us hope. Our mark is that he can get beyond your sin, but you have to get beyond your sin. Our mark is total forgiveness. We are forgiven. The grace is thick. We drown in it. But instead, we'll live our lives being fugitives and wonders because we base who we are on other people more than we base it on Christ. Man, his pride, his envy came out in violence, but God still saved him. God still is still with him. It says this, Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod of Eden. And this is kind of begins, and it 
kind of feeds into chapter 4. It says, Cain knew his wife and is conceived and bore Enoch. And when he had built a city, uh, he called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. And to Enoch was born Irad, and Irad fathered Mahal, and Mahal Majal fathered Methuselah, and Methuselah fathered Lamech. And Lamech took two wives, and the name of them was Ada, and the name of the other was Zillah. Look at this. Look at this story. I always wonder, why, why was this in here? Look. And Ada bore Jabal, and he was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. It just goes through this process. that he, What it is, it's redemption because he still allows his family lineage to live on. But what we find out, if you study it, they made these same mistakes over and over. The grace of God is that when you look at other people and go, I cannot believe they're still alive. No, no, we've never said that, have we? Yeah. This is why. God's redemption. God's waiting for them to come back. God wants hope. So when we look at people and go, mm, 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 what we ought to go is, mm, 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 how am I going to get them to understand who Christ is? Instead of, mm, 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 it's going to be terrible for them. Mm, 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 how can I figure out to feed them into the gospel? To feed the gospel into them and to feed them into walking into this place or into a a community group or somewhere else. He says, follow those who play the liar. And Zillah also bore Tubal-Cain, and he was, he was the forger of all instruments and bronze and iron. See, he lets, what this is showing us is that he lets them continue to live. He lets him continue. And the sister of Tubal-Cain was Nahum. And uh, Lamont said to his wife, just this is what's interesting to me. And all of a sudden, it has this little story, one verse. And he said to his wives, uh, hear my voice, you wives of Lamont. Listen to what I say. I've killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. Why is that in there? Isn't that interesting? I think for, I've read that before, but first time I thought, wow, because Cain's life just followed that lineage, never let go of the past, Right? And he knew about Cain, because it says it here. It says, if Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamarck's is it's 70 times 70-fold. This is bad. In other words, I think sometimes we, I was speaking at a camp a, a month ago, and I remember I kept on using the term breaking the chain. And finally one student came up to me and said, hey, I don't know what that means. And I went, that makes sense to me. And I explained to him that we are to be chain breakers for whatever happened in the past. Right? God can break those chains within us. Even though we're fatherless, God can break the chains. Even though somebody in your family is an alcoholic, your mom or your dad, you can break those chains. If there's an addiction in life, you can break those chains. Couldn't break the chain. It's tied to it. It says, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son, and she called his name Seth. For she said, God has appointed to me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. And it says, to Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. And at that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. At that time, people began to say, hey, we need to pay attention to Yahweh. Every word, except a few of them, when you see the word Lord, the majority of the time in these last four chapters have been Yahweh. Sometimes they were Jehovah, but the majority of the time when God was speaking, it was Yahweh. 
And they said, they began to understand that there's this God, and we need to acknowledge who he is. So here's what I want you to walk away with very quickly. I must have faith in the way God has asked me to live. Cain didn't have that. When others belittle my faith, I need only to let God avenge me on his own time. I simply must continue in faith as I walk with him. Don't take your own revenge. Don't get back, right? It, God will take care of you, right? If you've been wronged, God will provide for you. Stand up and say, I, I, I did it the way I thought I was supposed to, or I acted the way I believe God wanted me to act. And still, if you're taken down, man, let God avenge you. And he will in his own time. And when you know that he's done it, don't say, aha, because then God's thumb is about to come down on you. That's called discipline of the children. Don't you do that? I mean, if you're spanking one child and the other child is sitting in back going, yeah, yeah, you got to, what, I mean, you would probably go, oh, well, come here. <laughs> yeah, well, bend over. I'll get you too. So be very, very careful and let him avenge you. But stay the faith, right? You need only let God avenge on his own time. This is a New Living Translation. I like this in Hebrews. It says, through their faith, the people in days of old, listen, earned a good reputation. And that's what we want. Cain had a bad reputation. Abel had a good one. He was honored at his death. What will you be? I hope I will be honored. I just want to have a good reputation. That's why that day that I stalked, and three days later, he got fired. I hated it. But I wanted to be known as the guy, as the guy that did a good job, that worked his best. And when I swept the floor, I swept it well. Did I leave stuff behind? Probably. But I did the best that I knew that I could. It says, and by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. There's Genesis 1 and 2. <laughs> that what, what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. He said, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. And Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. And God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel was long dead, he still, still speaks to us by his example of faith. And it is impossible Look at verse 6, and it is impossible to please God without faith. And anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. He will reward you. I still believe he rewards us for making right decisions. So this week, maybe you're about to be challenged, or maybe you were challenged this week coming up to this point. And maybe you've come up with pride, and maybe it's not come out in violence, but it's come out in depression, it's come out in anxiety, it's come out in unforgiveness, it's come out in impatience, it's come out in somebody who's unkind. Either way, it will manifest itself. But no matter what it is, God will provide for you. And all he wants is for you to love him enough to make the right decisions, to offer him your whole life, even when you want to scream at somebody. <coughs> You say, Lord, here it is. He wants your best, no matter what you do this week. He wants your best spirit. He wants your best attitude. He wants your best on how you treat people. He wants your best. And he'll honor you.
That's, that's Cain and Abel, isn't it? That's good stuff. Once upon a time gave us a great story uh, to learn from.